Hello friends, this is Pastor Larry. I'm going to pause a little bit. You've listened to uh, probably a few messages by now, but I want to pause from our series of uh, messages on spiritual warfare and just say a little something uh, about myself and um, kind of why I'm doing this. Uh, let me kind of introduce my um, my struggles in life. I was not always a Christian. I didn't, of course, you've already known that I was in the Marine Corps for three years and served uh, about two years and two months in battle in Vietnam and was not a believer and was not a Christian. Oh, I believed in God, but that God never, my belief in God never directed my life. Um, as I read letters that my dad wrote to me after he had died, I got those letters back. And I noticed in those letters that I would mention, uh, don't worry, Dad, God's watching over me. And I didn't realize I said those things until I read those letters years later after he had passed. And so it was a few years later, I got out of the Marine Corps in 1969. And at the end of June, I was 21 years old. Now you can do the math and find out how old I am. That's beside the point. The point is that uh, I was not looking for God. I mean, I had survived Vietnam of many, many close calls, as I will relate those stories. As I go through these series of messages and apply that warfare to what scriptures tell us that we're in a warfare, but it's a warfare of a different kind. I didn't become aware of this until I became a believer in Christ, which was a process. It took a couple months when I was 25 years old, where I came to recognize the fact that Jesus Christ loved me in spite of the condition I was in. And he came to me and I was not seeking God. I was not seeking Christ. But he came to me, he was seeking me, as he is seeking you. If you're not a believer in Christ, he is seeking you. He wants you for his own. He wants you to come into a relationship with him. A loving relationship where he, he will take care of you. Now, for you not believers, I, just hear me out on this. I'm appealing from my heart that he wants you to be with him forever. And you know as well as I do that um, that you need something better from this life. I mean, we have to ask ourselves, is this all there is? Go to work, 
I spend 40 hours, whatever hours you may spend. I go home, I go with my family, or I don't go with my family. I go to sleep, get up, and do the same thing over again. So what's the purpose? And some of us are feeling empty, even doing that. And we try to fill that void, we try to fill that emptiness with things. It may be hobbies, things that are good in and, of, in and of themselves. Could be hobbies, it could be friends, it could be entertainment, and lots of things you can fill in the blanks. Could be the satisfaction of your sexual desires. Yet, if we're honest, we come away wanting more. We want to be more fulfilled. And this is what Jesus Christ offers, a fulfillment in life. And you'll hear this throughout these messages. You probably, you probably heard it earlier, since I'm jumping on this just right in the middle of these messages. Now, when I speak of warfare, it doesn't really sit home with us as a person. We find it difficult even living our lives knowing what war is and you can see it on television just not not me explaining it to you and war is all this talked about if i may use the term hell on earth it's not really hell but if you're on earth it seems like that to you especially when I was in Vietnam, it seemed like that to me. We want to have, be comfortable. We want, don't want to have any worries. We find it difficult just living in this world. And for me to talk about warfare is difficult for many people to understand. They want to be at peace. They want to have peace, just like I do. But Jesus offers this peace of our inner inward being in our souls, in our spirit. Not popular today to talk about war, because war is bloody, doesn't respect persons, it's cruel, unforgiving, and every other bad adjective that you can find to describe it. It's all of these. We want peace, don't we? Nevertheless, the Bible teaches us that a war is raging since the beginning of creation. And this is an unseen war. It's a war that's in the spiritual world. This is what makes it difficult to realize and understand. We're not only are we physical creatures, but God says we're also spirit still creatures. The scriptures say that God made man in his image and made woman in his image. We all have this spiritual side. That's why we're seeking things to fulfill this spiritual side of us. And it's something that God has given us. Now that image is the scriptures teach. That image has been marred. And that was the result of man's disobedience to God. And he wants to restore us back to that spiritual awakening 
that all of mankind needs. No, I speak of mankind, I include women, it's a generic term. The women are included in that. <clears throat> you know, in way of illustration, and it's us for us to grasp a spiritual side. But you know, as you look out in reality, you look out into the world, you see people trying spiritual things. They try religion, they try whatever you want to throw in there, whatever branch of religion. They're all seeking something. They're all seeking satisfaction. They desire, they know that some, there's something better than what this world offers. And they, because it's unseen, it's difficult to grasp. I understand that. And I use the illustration in Vietnam. Many times the Viet Cong, which I fought in my first 13 months in Vietnam, many times the enemy was unseen, the ones that we were fighting. And we really didn't understand that until after the maybe an intense firefight, we would find dead bodies laying around. So we knew the enemy was there. And that's the way it is in the spiritual world. Not that you'll find dead bodies lying around. It's that invisible part that we're being attacked. You're being attacked whether you're a Christian or not and whether you realize it or not. You know, the scriptures teach this, that there is another world or realm that is unseen. Now, I'm not the... <laughs> I'm not coming from nowhere on this. This is not something I'm making up. Millions and millions and millions of Christians or believers throughout time, throughout creation, believe this. And the scriptures clearly teach us. Jesus clearly taught it, as we're going to see. And there's a realm of spiritual beings. Well, let's face it. God is spirit. There's the Holy Spirit, there's the Spirit of Christ, but on that other side, there's spirits that want to stop the cause of Christ and try to stop you from believing in Him. The Apostle Paul taught this, Jesus Christ taught this, and it's all throughout Scripture as we're going to see. Some of you, we've seen some already both the Old Testament and the New Testament. And the scriptures say this, God is spirit and his worshipers must, now I'm gonna emphasize that, must, this is not if you feel like it, must worship in, now get these next two words, in spirit, there's a spiritual side, and in truth, oh, and in truth. Well, how does one worship in spirit? Does he or she just close their eyes and grit their teeth and conjure up a spirit to worship? The answer is no. Human effort cannot put you in the spirit. As hard as man has tried to do this, you can sit cross-legged on the floor, touch your fingertips all you want to. And mumble your mantra all day long, and this will not make you alive spiritually. 
Remember what Jesus just said in that passage I just quoted. Let me repeat it again. The time has come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the Spirit. Now pay attention. And in truth. And then Jesus says, For they are the kind of worshipers that the Father seeks, and they must, as that word must again, worship him in spirit and in truth. So, to move forward, worship God in this way, the Bible has a lot to talk about. Talk about humankind and the condition that we are in. It also speaks to the only remedy for that condition. God wants to move us from the physical dimension. I only think physically, but he wants us to be aware of the spiritual dimension. Because this is where the war is being fought and can only successfully, successfully be engaged. And that's what these series of messages are all about. Fighting an unseen enemy in the spirit of Almighty God. Because you and I cannot do it in our own physical effort. we may. Satan is too strong and powerful. And I believe in the spiritual world, of course. To deny that would be to deny the Word of God. And... If I haven't already done it, you're going to understand that the Word of God is fundamental. How do we know there's spiritual beings? Well, through the Word of God and what Christ taught. God wants a communion with us. Remember the passage again in John chapter 4 when Jesus says, The Father seeks that he sought me, and he's seeking you. He's seeking true spiritual worshipers. He's left it up to your own free will to choose. Because he loves you. He loves you to the point he lets you make your own choice. He doesn't force us to believe. He doesn't force us to do anything. It's by our own choice. That's the only way to be spiritual, spiritually alive. This is what we'll talk about in this series, how to be spiritual, spiritually alive, and all that goes with it. Whether you have the truth, there is also, where you have the truth, there is also error. The woman at the well that Jesus was talking to it um, in John chapter 4 was an error, and Jesus had to correct her. And she talked about, well, a place of worship. Worshiping God is in a place. And Jesus says, no. He says he's to worship him. And worshiping him is not in a place. And Jesus is basically teaching this. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ. And one only can have that relationship by knowing him. And we know him. We became, become spiritually alive. And that spiritually, being spiritually alive is knowing that Jesus Christ died for us. And knowing that we are apart from him because of our sin. So the scriptures say that we must 
turn from our sin, and that involves repentance, turning aside. Repent means 180 degree turn. So you turn from your sin and you turn to Christ. You give your life, for, you trade, actually, you trade your life for his life. And I understand that's a tough thing to do. Follow another person instead of following yourself. And I gave myself back there when I was 25 years old. And I gave myself to a person, not a religion. He is that life that I was so desperately wanting in my life. And he's the life giver. We cannot work our way to Christ and other religions try to be good and do good works to earn God's favor. You never can be good enough because we cannot be good enough because we are sinners. It's so plain and simple from the scriptures. So this is where the great conspiracy comes in as I've talked about. Satan, who is mankind's enemy, is, and I'll use the term, Satan is hell-bent to keep you from the truth of Jesus Christ. And he's out to deceive God's people and also unsaved people from being effective in knowing Jesus Christ. And Christian, he's trying to keep you from sharing that good news of God's forgiveness. And as I said before, I'm going to repeat all through my messages. It's the scriptures are fundamental. They're the foundation of faith. And they're my weapon against Satan's onslaughts. And we're going to look at many passages that deal with how to fight these multiple onslaughts of Satan himself. Why am I doing this? Because the Bible commands me to do it. We must be aware that the war is on. And if you're a believer and you gave your heart to Christ, you signed up. You signed up to fight this war. There's no one going AWOL. There's no one sitting on the sidelines. Christ wants you involved in this battle. This is where the blessings are. If we disobey Christ and ignore him on this, we will live defeated Christian lives. Listen to what the scriptures say. Quote, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. That's 2 Corinthians 10, 3 and 4. And then following in that verse, 2 Corinthians, in uh, chapter 2, it says, I have forgiven in the sight of Christ for your sake in order that Satan might not outwit us. We are not unaware of his devices. We must take this war seriously. And most of the believers I'm talking to right now understand that. 
And I am trying to convince you as much as humanly possible, if you're not a Christian, you are being deceived. You're part of this great conspiracy. And I urge you and beg you, in the name of Jesus Christ, that you come to him and you have your spiritual heart awakened, your spiritual eyesight. The name of Jesus Christ is at stake. God's honor and glory is riding on our outcome. Not only is the witness of the divine crucial, but the body of Christ is in full view. Jesus Christ's glorious church and his testimony before a lost world is dependent on your outlook about spiritual warfare, believer. It is who we represent that behooves us to be in the battle. Satan does not like you or care about you. He would kill me or you if it wasn't for the protection of God's Holy Spirit. Satan knows, believers, he cannot touch us, but he tries to ruin our testimony and that of Christ's church. And I'm saying this right now, the Christians better arise from their slumber while as yet day before the night approaches and overtakes them. The church must purify itself of its apostasy, laziness, and indifference and understand that it is a war against all that is holy and good. And if you name the name of Jesus Christ, you're in the war. You're enlisted in God's army, like I said before. So let's say yes to Christ. And if you're not a believer, say yes to Jesus about the salvation of your soul. There's this Bible teaches there's a day coming that will be terrible upon this earth. And that Jesus Christ wants you close to him during this day. I want to quote a great theologian from the past about spiritual warfare. Quote, he says this. He says, why so many casualties in the Christian warfare? He says, let me give you two reasons. Number one is the ignorance of the nature of the battle. See, we don't get in, a lot of Christians don't get into their Bible and understand the nature of the battle and what's at stake. They do not believe in the supernatural realm. And there are many churches that do not believe that. Or a devil, they think the devil is just some force in the world and not a personal being. And I'm gonna say that Jesus did not battle a force or a thought of the mind. He battled a real person because he used personal pronouns and personal names. And to ignore the spiritual reality and the result, which is, this is number two, they rely upon their own strength and humanistic means. They see it as a mere moral conflict and can be remedied by education, psychology, dumping more money into the problem, governmental interference, we do not belong to just a natural realm. These are natural ways, by the way. A spiritual realm. We as believers should have a spiritual sense to know that sin results in human problems. 
that's really the basic i'm getting off his quote here that's really the basic problem isn't it it's sin to make it break it down to the simple de uh, common denominators we're engaging combat with with the higher spiritual powers we have supernatural power to deal with and we need supernatural power that the holy spirit provides our weapons are not carnal but they're divine and that theologian charles hodge is absolutely correct i implore you doubters the doubters out there look out into the world and watch the nightly news and see that evil is even at your doorstep and you have to agree that some force is driving all this hatred and all this killing and visceral attitude among the human race i mean look here we have people committing acts of terrorism killing other people numbers and numerous the beheadings and you hear about this and you see it over and over what would drive a man to do something like this what would drive people to go into schools and shoot up children and kill them and even unbelievers will say there's something evil about this People going on top of buildings and picking off other people at a at a uh, country and western uh, concert in Las Vegas. What caused a man to do something like this? What caused a man to start a war and commit genocide and kill over six million people? And look at Joseph Stalin. He's he's credited for killing more people than Adolf Hitler did. And a man like Pol Pot in Cambodia. And the list can go on. Who would put women and children in gas chambers? Oh, you say, well, all we have is more education. It's you need to educate man more. That's silly. Don't you look back into history and see that all this has been tried? And then you say, give man a little more time. You'll evolve into a good person. There have been a lot of times gone by. And that's the evolutionary theory. Or I call it the evolution nonsense. It's a breeding ground for genocide. I don't know if you know that Charles Darwin was a racist. Read the full title of the, of the uh, Origin of Species. Just check out, the, I'll let you do it for your own if you don't believe me. Just check it out and see what the full title says. How about early back in the 1900s about the eugenics teaching? Eugenics means that uh, there's inferior people and people are born that way and that they went and experimented on people and there was a lower race. That was in the early 1900s. So man's not evolving into a good animal, but he's getting worse. You know, all you have to do is open your eyes and just see this as history moves on. Why the rise of the occult, such as was found in ancient Babylon, Satanism and de demonology is growing exponentially. 
Scott and I were driving through Florida. Years ago, you had never seen this. We're crossing the bridge, Manatee River, crossing the bridge, and here's this big, huge, big top circus tent with a big marquee on it that says the paranormal. You want people to experience the spiritual world. There's that spiritual seeking again. As I drove through Florida, like I lived there during the winter time, as I drove down the roads, I think I think on just about every block, there's these psychic palm readers that set up shop. And once you get in touch with the spiritual world, as I said before. I'm going to run a little long on this because um, and all the rest of the messages will not be this long, so don't fret on this. But I just ask you to um, hear me out on this. And man cannot figure out this dilemma that he's in, so he turns to the spiritual world. That's why you see the growth of demonology. You see the growth of Satanism. You see the growth of all the offshoots. But the scriptures say there's a way that seems right to man but leads to death. Turn to the true God. Turn to the truth of Jesus Christ. Seek your answers there. And like I said, these series of messages are not just for the Christian, but they're for all who speak the truth. And the greatest conspiracy is this. Satan wants to keep you from the truth, and he uses mankind and he uses womankind to push his agenda. As we're going to see, he's the prince of the power of the air, and he uses people in high places, as some, a lot of you are aware. His spiritual forces hold you in his grip, and there's nothing that you can do about it if you're not a believer. And you follow him whether you realize it or not. Remember, the scripture says that Satan manifests himself as an angel of light. That means he goes about doing good. It's a very deceptive. If you want to counter, if you want to fool somebody with money, money counterfeiters make it close to the real thing as possible. And that's just what Satan does. He counterfeits real Christianity and makes it sound good, but he, he bathes the cross. Where Jesus Christ died for our sins, he died for your sin. He can give you everything but turning your life over to Christ, that's what he'll do, because he masquerades as an angel of light. And Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but through me. You say you're a truth seeker, and that's why you're listening to Scott's podcast, that you're a truth seeker. Well, the scriptures say that Jesus was full of grace and truth. Do you know that freedom comes through the truth? Do you want to be really free from the from your life and from the mundane every day? 
and to be free from Satan's grip. And Jesus says, said this in John 8, 32. He says, to the Jews who believed in him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And again in 1 John 3.8, which says, The one who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. Satan's blinded mankind to the truth, my friends. So Paul drives home the statement, and even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers so they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glorious Christ who is the image of God. 2 Corinthians 4.4 4, if you want to check that out. My glorious Savior, listen my friends, Jesus Christ has come to shine his light into that darkness of sin and Satan, my friends. Let God's light shine into your heart. Receive him as Savior of your soul and know what the truth is. Thank you for listening today. I hope you continue.